Good morning, everyone. This is Fish On with Captain Kevin Lanier. I'm coming to you today from just outside of Mexico Beach, Florida, on the Florida Panhandle. It is definitely springtime here, and uh, it's hard to stay inside. The weather's great. Uh, it is still breezy, uh, but the temperatures are fantastic, and the fishing has been awesome. Um, glad to have you guys with us. And uh, today we're going to talk about a few things. We're going to talk about rigging for Amberjack and Red Snapper as those seasons are approaching. In fact, Amberjack is on us right now. We are in the first week of May. Uh, Red Snapper opening up uh, 1st of June for federally permitted charters like myself. And June 17th for all the other uh, recreational and state permitted charters in Florida. So... Uh, start preparing yourself, getting ready. Uh, we are excited. But a little fishing report to start off with. Um, the Amberjack are here. Uh, they were following the boat yesterday uh, as we were out. Um, so that fishing is uh, red hot. Uh, get you some bait and get out there and uh, Amberjack are uh, ready, to, ready to eat. Uh, we're also catching a lot of um, red snapper, even though we can't ke uh, keep them right now. Uh, the red snapper bite is um, just, it's sick. It's amazing. Uh, you can't put a line down without hitting a red snapper uh, unless you're uh, really changing your bait up to something they don't want. Uh, Inshore-wise, flounder are here. Uh, pompano are here. Uh, so now's the time to get down to the beach and start uh, surf fishing for those pompano. Uh, the canals, the inlets, things like that. Uh, the flounder are here. I've seen some really nice ones uh, come out of the water over this last week. Uh, red fishing. Um, our uh, first mate, uh, Sydney Booth, uh, got a nice uh, redfish uh, just off the beach uh, in uh, St. Joe Bay uh, this week. Um, actually had to release it. It was over the slot. Uh, but needless to say, it was uh, a lot of fun. Whiting are around. Uh, so right now, things are just spooling up. Uh, Kobe are here, uh, not in big numbers, but we are hearing reports and seeing fish caught. Uh, Spanish mackerel are here, uh, trolling along those beaches uh, with the mackerel rigs, uh, anything shiny, any shiny spoons. Uh, we're also seeing just a few kings, and a buddy of mine, Anthony Polinaris from uh, Apalachicola, uh, showed a really nice black fin tuna already in the boat. Uh, so congratulations to him and his group. Well, today I want to talk a little bit about uh, rigging for uh, your bigger bottom fish, uh, your amber jacks and red snapper, and this will apply to grouper as well, but we'll talk about grouper uh, on another episode. Uh, first thing I start out with, and everyone should uh, make sure that you have, is a quality rod and a reel. Uh, for me, uh, if you've listened to me on enough of these, you know I am a uh, member of the Team Rain Shadow Pro Staff. Uh, rain shadow rods, uh, all the components are built and uh, put together by Batson Enterprises in Squim, Washington. Uh, if you haven't checked them out, check out their website. Uh, just if you build rods or know someone that does, uh, I don't believe there's a rod built in America that doesn't have at least one of their components on it. Uh, so we start out there. Uh, we use a, a rod, it's called the RSU-60MH, or medium heavy. 
that's a 20 to 60 pound line class uh, rod, uh, or we use the RCKJB700-250. Uh, we use that in both a spinning uh, configuration or in a conventional uh, configuration. Any of our conventional rods we have made spiral wrapped and uh, we're going to uh, get Mr. Bill Batson or one of the guys from uh, Rain Shadow on with us one day to talk about that and why that uh, makes such a big difference. But if you've never fished a spiral wrap rod, you got to give it a try. Uh, those two rods are phenomenal. Um, absolutely handle anything that you can uh, hook up out there in the Gulf of Mexico. Uh, price point, uh, really good. Uh, in the $250 to $350 range, um, great rods. I mean, you buy one, you'll have a rod for a lifetime. Uh, reels, uh, we use uh, here at KC Sport Fishing, we use the Accurate um, Valiant Series 800 and 500s. Um, our 800s are lever drag two-speed reels. Our 500s are lever drag single-speed reels. Outstanding reels. Uh, they have the uh, drag washers on both sides of the reels, so you get a compression similar to brakes on a car. So it's extremely smooth. Uh, Avit reels, uh, both are made in California. Uh, Avit reels are phenomenal as well. Uh, outstanding lever drags. I don't believe I'll ever go back and use a star drag reel again, just for the simplicity and smoothness. So we take those, we get those rigged up. Um, what kind of line do we use? Uh, we use a 60 and an 80 pound braid. Uh, we use the 60 pound braid on the uh, 500 reels and we use an 80 pound braid on the um, 800 two speeds. Um, my braid of choice uh, is Tightlines Braid. Uh, you can look them up online as well. Uh, they make a phenomenal product. One of the things I like that they offer is they've got a bright uh, red orange uh, braid and a, uh, a bright yellow. I do know that other companies make the same colors, but I do really like their quality. I also like the fact they're a U.S. based company and, uh, you know, always like to support our uh, small businesses whenever we can do that. So uh, we load the rods up uh, at least 300 yards on there. Uh, I don't fill them all the way up. I usually leave about a quarter or, uh, you know, about a third of an inch of a spool. That way, uh, with a non-level uh, um, wind reel, that will keep the um, reel from over-spooling to one side. So, we get that set up. We're uh, starting to look at uh, what we want to do. Uh, some guys will use a fixed weight rig uh, with like a three-way swivel. Um, we tend to use a Carolina rig with a sliding swivel. Um, both work very well. It just depends on your own preference. Uh, Leader-wise, um, I use Andy Pink. And we use an 80 or 100-pound test. And a lot of people go, well, why do you go that heavy? Well, I firmly believe in a margin of error. <laughs> Uh, these fish get down around the rocks. They bury in holes. Uh, they run through structure. Uh, you need all the help you can get. And these fish I'm talking about right now are in no way leader shy. I mean, you put that uh, bait down in front of them, they're going to eat it. Um, 
you know, you're not in super clear water fishing um, up top. Uh, you know, if you need to go with something different, you know, look at a fluorocarbon. Uh, but I would not reduce the uh, the tension or tensile strength of those uh, leaders because it is uh, very important. I have broke a number of 40-pound leaders uh, out there while we're fishing, and, uh, you know, I've learned my lesson. Uh, sometimes you need to be finesseful, and other times you just need to present the bait for the fish to bite. Um, so we get the Andy Pink. Um, how long are my leaders? Uh, red Snapper, I'm um, less than four feet, probably about 36 inches on a Red Snapper leader. Um, and with uh, Grouper and uh, some other fish, I'll go as long as six feet on those leaders. Um, one of the things you want to make sure that you do is uh, tie really good knots. Uh, there are a lot of tutorials on uh, YouTube about uh, different knots. And, um, you know, take a look at those. Uh, we can talk about uh, knots sometime if you guys want to. But get your good knot, uh, improved cinch knot, something like that. Get those uh, tied on uh, uh, snail knots for the hooks and uh, get those ready to go. Um, when you move to the hook end, I'm using uh, VMC Nemesis uh, Extra Strong Hooks. Uh, do not take a wire hook out there. I promise if you ever want to see a hook bent, uh, try using a lightweight hook out there with uh, either one of these fish, but especially AJ's. Uh, Amberjack, uh, I have seen straighten a hook because you got to put so much drag on them in order to keep them out of the structure uh, that uh, either the hook or the leader is going to give um, first. So we use the uh, heavy hooks, uh, heavy leader, and um, especially if you're out there, uh, if people affectionately refer to Amberjack as reef donkeys because they're strong, stubborn, and they can just pull for days. So uh, make sure that you've got a heavy hook and uh, you're out there, you got to use circle hooks, so make sure that you've got that circle hook going if you're using uh, any type of fresh, whether it be frozen or live bait. Uh, if you're using a jig or a uh, you know soft tail uh, jig artificial, you do not have to use a circle hook. Keep that in mind. Uh, my buddies down at Johnny Jigs, uh, they've got some great... Um, slow pitch jigs that uh, we can use for those amberjack and the red snapper uh, there are some days that those jigs will outfish that bait um, so keep that in your arsenal as well i use that rckjb uh, 250 uh, rod for my jigging rod as well so i try to be as multiple purpose as i can but yet not uh, overdoing it uh, when i'm trying to catch bait things like that so you know you need you know, four or five rods on the boat. Um, you know, if you're going with buddies, uh, you know, I take uh, normally, if I'm going on someone else's boat, I take three rods with me. I take a bait rod, a jigging rod, and a bottom fish rod. Um, so, you know, for my bait rods, I'll use an RCKJB 700-112. Uh, uh, those work really great for uh, bait jigging rods. Um, so we talked about the uh, circle hooks. A six aught or an eight aught. Uh, we've used some ten aughts at times, but they tend to be a little bit too big. And I know there's probably no such thing um, when you're fishing in the uh, Gulf of Mexico. 
but at the same time, you want the fish to be able to get that hook down in their mouth and uh, let that circle hook do its thing. So when you're looking at hooks, um, you know, keep that in mind. Uh, what bait do I use? Well, for red snapper, I think you could throw a banana peel out there and catch one. <laughs> they tend to be uh, aggressive uh, eaters. Uh, they attack baits. Uh, I don't know who will get to the bait first sometimes, a trigger fish or a red snapper. Uh, but uh, bait for red snapper is not critical. I do suggest uh, as fresh a bait as you can get, um, you know, keep that live bait um very uh, lively, um, you know, I know that sounds funny, but if you don't have enough circulation in your live well, they will get lethargic, uh, especially if you beat them up uh, running uh, from point to point. So uh, keep that bait cold, fresh, don't let it sit out in the sun and get uh, hot and muggy and all nasty looking, uh, but keep that bait in good shape. Uh, put that bait on, make sure it's hooked good. A lot of times I brine my bait uh, so it toughens it up. Uh, old borax uh, uh, powder, just mix that around in your shrimp and your bait or put some uh, uh, Procure brine. Makes fantastic brine out Pacific Northwest. I highly recommend them as well. So those are things that you can do to make your uh, day better. Um, but number one thing is get out on the water. You know, get out there, put your time in. You know, these guys that go one time a year, you know, if you hit it on a lucky day, you'll do real well. But the guys that put their time in and get a lot of hours on the water, they're the ones that are putting these big fish in the boats and the ones that are taking those pictures that make you want to go, man, I need to do that. So I look forward to talking to you guys again on the next episode. Um, like I always try to remind you, make sure you uh, subscribe and like to the podcast uh, so we can keep it rolling. Uh, we are on Facebook. We're on Instagram. Uh, we have videos on YouTube. Uh, check us out on those. Uh, we love hearing your feedback. I love hearing from the guys that talk about uh, finding us on the podcast. And I want to say a special thank you to Keegan and Oliver for listening to my podcast. Um, I really love you guys. They're my grandkids. And it makes me smile when I hear they want to listen to us in the morning. So you guys have a great day, and the next time we talk to you, we'll be catching fish.